On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, I was often very, very caught up in the event, you know, the trigger, the thing. And I learned that nine times out of 10, the thing is not happening. It's just my thoughts that are making me feel this way. And if I can get control of what I'm telling myself in this moment, then I'm going to be okay. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, lady, get ready for today's episode. Okay, we are so excited because today we are making history on the Cultivating Her Space podcast, and we have our very first independent Black-owned business sponsoring not only today's episode, okay, but all episodes for this month. All right. And this is a huge deal for us. For us, it's a testament of what's possible when we come together as a Black community. And just so y'all know, the Cultivating Her Space podcast is Black-founded. Black-owned and Black-funded. And with our special guest for today, we are keeping the Black dollar in our community and supporting one another's cause. So if you're interested in being a sponsor, you can visit herspacepodcast.com or email herspacepodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to pay special attention to today's episode and support our guest as much as possible. So go take a look at her website, book a session with her, follow her on social media, like all her posts, run it up, okay? All right, y'all, so here we go. LaShonda McLaurin is a military wife, mom of two amazing little rascals, and a licensed clinical mental health counselor. And she has a passion for helping women live the life they desire. She founded her private practice, McLaurin Mental Wellness PLLC, in 2018, with the purpose of helping women overcome fear, worry, and anxiety. In her five years of business, LaShonda has helped over 250 women and provided over 900 individual sessions to women across the country. Wow. Can y'all say wow? (laughs) Along with being a licensed therapist in the states of North Carolina, Maryland, and Texas, LaShonda is a certified clinical military counselor, certified anxiety specialist, nationally certified counselor, speaker, and life coach whose style is supportive and solution-focused. 
LaShonda also is the host of the Inspiring Women Weekly podcast, which has over 100 episodes and over 200,000 downloads. The podcast encourages women to push harder, go further, and shine brighter by sharing her personal stories, wisdom, and knowledge. LaShonda, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Thank you so much for having me. I am super duper excited to be here with you all. I really appreciate all that you do. And I am excited. Yes, we are looking forward to this interview. And so we are going to start with our quote of the day, which LaShonda, these words will sound familiar to you because these are your words. We've been, you know, on your website, in your social media and you say you share inspiring words from other folks, but these were your words. Slow down, sis. Enjoy the view. You're on time and on track. No need to rush. Now, that was a word. And I'm going to repeat it one more time for the folks in the back to make sure they caught it. Slow down, sis. Enjoy the view. You're on time and on track. No need to rush. LaShonda, when you hear your words spoken back to you, what what comes up for you? What inspired that particular quote? Yeah, sis is me. I am sis. (laughs) I was really talking to myself, like slow down. When you are a high achieving woman and you have goals and you are trying to get there, you can really, really get in a place where you are living in the future. Nothing is about the now. Everything is about the future. And you are really missing life. You are missing those important moments. You are not celebrating your wins, big or small. You are just like, what's next? What's next? Am I there yet? And you you miss so much. So I was telling myself to slow down. And I often realize that when I need to tell myself something, somebody else probably needs to hear it too. So I have been trying to practice being more in the moment and not worrying so much about what's going to come. Okay, so you're just going to start off preaching today. Okay, I see you. That is a whole word. And I feel like I have so many questions that I want to ask about what you just shared, but I'm going to try to stay focused. And let's start from the beginning. So LaShonda, if you can share with us your origin story, how did you become the LaShonda McLaurin that we all see today? Who a lot of life. A lot of life brought me to this point. I'll say as a therapist, what brought me to being to being the therapist that I am today it started in high school for me. I went to, a, I live in a very small town growing up and I found myself not being that popular of a person in high school, but being someone that I would be in class with random kids and they would just feel comfortable enough to tell me something that they hadn't told anybody else before. They would just share things with me and just knew I wasn't going to tell anybody. And still to this day, I haven't said anything about a lot of the things that people told me. And I was like, hmm, you know, what is this? This feels nice that people see me and they trust me. What, what can I do with this thing? So I learned about psychology and it's time to go to college. And I'm like, I want to major in psychology. And they're like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> I don't know anybody that's done anything with that. So I was kind of discouraged initial, initially from going into that field. So 
I went to school for journalism. I wanted to be like Jackie Reed on BET Nightly News, you know, with my suit on, sitting behind the desk. And I did that for about a semester. And I was like, I cannot fake the funk. This is not for me. I don't know what's going to come from this psychology thing, but I'm going to give it a go. So I did that and graduated from with, with my bachelor's degree and didn't do anything with it. You know, you got to go further in this field if you want to do something. So I got a very low paying job. I got my first apartment and I'm in there for my second night in my apartment. And something happened that just changed my life. 11 o'clock at night, I'm in my pajamas in my apartment and two men kicked down my door and held me and my best friend at gunpoint. And that changed my life. I started to experience things that I had never experienced before. You know, I always considered myself to be a scaredy cat as a kid. Like, you're not going to dare me. We're going to play truth for dare. Are you going to, I'm going to truth you to death. You're not going to dare me because I'm not that tight. But this was different. This was anxiety. This was panic attacks. This was fear. This was, I can't sleep. And I was like, what is this? I've never experienced this before. So when the time came for me to go to my studies in school, I'm like, I need to learn more about this thing that has kind of taken over my life in a sense. And that's where my attention to anxiety came from. So when I started McLaurin Mental Wellness, I was like, I am definitely, because of my personal experiences and because of what I've learned, I want to help other women who've gone through things as traumatic or they just scared cats like I was as well. So that's what kind of led me to this place. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, for any of our listeners out there who may be experiencing any reactions to anything that you just shared, you know, I just want to encourage our listeners to, you know, take a moment, take a pause. And if you got to take a few breaths and come back, you can pause us and come back and take care of yourself first. And so, Lashonda, when you Think about that, that experience and that, that trauma that you went through, you and your best friend went through, and it moved you, it motivated you into pursuing an advanced degree in mental health. When you think about the work that it took for you to go through your healing, Would you mind sharing with us, like, what are some of the things that you had to go through in your personal journey and perhaps maybe how you use some of that in some of those skills in the work that you do now? Yeah, it was a long journey because you just don't know how often you're triggered by stuff. You know, you think you're over it and then something happens and you're like, you're right back in it. You know, flashbacks are like are real. You know, that stuff is very, very real. So the the biggest thing that I learned in my process of healing, which is something that I do a lot now with my clients, is the importance of my thoughts. I was often very, very caught up in the event, you know, the trigger, the thing. And I learned that nine times out of 10, the thing is not happening. It's just my thoughts that are making me feel this way. And if I can get control of what I'm telling myself in this moment, then I'm going to be okay. I remember one incident where I was like, okay, I have got to get it together. 
I was about to leave my apartment. And at this point, I was hooked on my peephole. That was my safety net. Like I would go often to my peephole just to look out of it and make sure nobody was there, right? That's something that I did often throughout the day and night. And I get, got ready to go out of that door and I got to look through the peephole first. And I looked through the peephole and I couldn't see anything. It was black. And immediately I, I began to panic. And my mind was telling me, somebody's there with their finger blocking the peephole so that you can't see because they're going to get you. Like that's the, that's the narrative that my thoughts were telling me. Made no sense. It's like 12 o'clock noon in the day. You're like, people are walking about. Nobody's standing there in my peephole covering my, you know, covering it up. But my thoughts were taking me to a place that had me paralyzed. And finally, after maybe about an hour of trying to convince myself to go out of the door, with my pepper spray in hand, I opened the door, went out and just thought it was a flyer. Somebody stuck a flyer on my door and it covered it up. And I said, man, I sat there all that time, not because it was real danger, but because of my thoughts. And that's when I realized that I really, really, really have to be aware of what I'm telling myself. And I really, really have to rationalize, like, does this make sense? Is this likely that this is really happening? I had to begin to like question myself, interview myself in this moment to really say, is this really happening? And this is something that I encourage my clients to do whenever you are feeling some intense fear or anxiety. Check your thoughts. Ask yourself, is what you're feeling based off something real or is it just your thoughts? Hey, lady, it's Terry here. Dom and I want to take a moment to thank you for choosing to listen to our podcast. We love you for real, and we want to give you a chance to learn more about what's important to us. So tell us what you think about this. Imagine a world where you have a chance to get featured on the Cultivating Her Space podcast and share your business, brand, or perspective with millions around the globe. Imagine joining our monthly virtual video check-ins where you can connect with like-minded Black women like you and share your ideas and episode suggestions with Terry and I. Now I want you to imagine a world where you're in the exclusive Cultivating Her Space Sanctuary Slack channel, and throughout your day and week, you are conversing with us about what's happening in your life and sharing funny gifts and your personal wins. How does that sound? Hopefully this is up your alley, lady, because we are taking things to the next level this year and we're doubling down on investing in our community. That means you. Yay! We want to meet you, connect with you, and create communities of genuine women who love on Black women and push our culture and movement forward. We launched this podcast in 2019, and to date, we have not missed a week. We've been great stewards of our platform, all while working full-time and navigating our own ups and downs. We release fresh new content every single Friday, like clockwork, and we have hundreds of valuable episodes and workshops that can really help you uplevel your life. So if you love our mission or you've gotten value from us, we invite you to give back and help us push this community effort forward. Visit herspacepodcast.com and click Patreon. You can learn more about our goals and exclusive offerings on Patreon, and we highly highly encourage you to join the sister frontier so that you can get some one-on-one -on -one time with us. We also have an option for you to donate on a one-time basis if that meets your needs. Again, herspacepodcast.com and you can click that link that says Patreon. All right, lady. We'll hop right back into the conversation. Ooh, this is, this is already so powerful. LaShonda, I'm over here taking notes because the next question out, 
we want to ask is about more tips. So you talk about, you know, when we think about your expertise, this, this includes just supporting women with fear, worry, anxiety, navigating trauma, recovering from toxic relationships, addressing boundary issues, all of those things. And I'm sure there's more there. Could you share additional practical tips for listeners on handling the situations? The one note that I took, the big takeaway is like, check your thoughts. What is the story that you're telling yourself? And getting clear on that and trying to figure out if you need to alter that. What are some of the other tools in your toolbox that you share with clients? Yeah. So all those things are really kind of, you know, setting boundaries can be, can be really scary because people are very afraid to tell other people no, or I'm not going to, or I don't want to. So there's a lot of anxiety. You know, there can be some PTSD coming out of some of these relationships, you know, so there's a lot of fear, worry and anxiety at the root of some of these situations. So the first step is realizing the thoughts and not focusing so much on the trigger, but realizing that thoughts cause feelings, not events. And when you can get the thoughts in check, then you can get your feelings in check and then you can get your behavior in check. But we often skip that very important middleman of what are you thinking about the incident? I love to use the example of two people can get in the exact same car accident exact same car accident and one person can walk away and jump in another car and drive off and the other can walk away and now they have a phobia or they have a fear of driving what's the difference the situation was the exact thing same the difference are the thoughts they have about it and that is what's going to impact how you feel and your behavior so check your thoughts and then after you check your thoughts and you determine i got some stuff that needs to go it's not just enough to say get out of here thoughts you got to go you got to replace it with something else. So what do you replace it with? Well, that's where your mantras come in. And I love to help my clients create mantras. And now I kind of have a love-hate relationship with mantras because the mantras that are put out there are just, is this fluffy stuff. Like, I'm amazing. I can do anything. I can climb any mountain. And it's like, yes, yeah, I get it. You're great. But that mantra is not going to help you overcome this anxiety you having about this work meeting today. Like we really need to create something that is going to have some substance and some oomph to it. So instead of telling yourself, today is going to be amazing, because it might not, you can tell yourself, I am capable of handling whatever comes my way today. Creating a mantra that directly reflects what you are dealing with. So once you realize your thoughts are kind of jacked up, then you got to create some new thoughts to help you deal with your situations. And then the last tip I give people, which they hate to see coming, is that you got to expose yourself to this stuff. When you are anxious, exposure is key. There's no way around it. If you're scared of flying, you got to get on the plane eventually. Like you can do simulations and meditation and stuff all day, but eventually you have got to get on the plane. And once you expose yourself to something and you see you didn't die, the earth didn't crack, you know, like everything's okay, then you may be willing to do it again and again, and then there's less fear and less anxiety every time. So checking your thoughts, creating your mantras, and then doing the thing are the three tips that I have to help you deal with your fear, worry, and anxiety. Oh, so good. So it sounds like you got to go through to get through is what I hear. Ooh, okay. And that could be tough, but that's good. That's good. Okay. Okay. Dom, you want to take us off? I'm just thinking over here and looking at my notes. Ooh. Yeah. So, you know, as I think about the tips that you shared, right, like I think about like how like how I was trained as a therapist and like, yes, your thoughts are the that's the biggest component. And I think about this idea of exposure and how important it is to eventually get to that space of exposing yourself to that thing that you might be fearing. 
How long does it typically take? Because I know there's a lady out there listening that's like, like you mentioned flying, right? Like there's a lady listening that's like, well, I have a fear of getting on a plane. And okay, if I come to see you in therapy, how long is it going to take for me to be able to get over this fear? Because I, you know, I, my friend got this trip plan and in six months, can I, can I be exposed to flying in six months? Would I be okay? Yeah. That's such a tough question. People love to say, well, how long is it going to take, you know, three sessions enough, four sessions enough, you know, and I always say it depends on you. And the thing about therapy is, let's say I see a client once every two weeks. It's like 300 some hours in two weeks and we meet for one hour. What are you doing the other 300 and something hours? That absolutely matters, you know, so I'm going to do my part. But if I say, hey, in the meantime, you got to go to the airport and walk around. In the meantime, you got to maybe watch some videos about this stuff. In the meantime, take a very short flight from one part of your city to the next city over. In the meantime, in between sessions, you got to try to do these things and do your work. So maybe by the six month mark, you are good to go with doing this thing. But it just takes you to dedicate yourself to reach the goal because therapy can be one hour out of 300 plus. And it's that one hour is not enough. If you're not going to be committed to do the things in between. That is so good. And don't mind the pauses over here, lady, as you listen, because I feel like Dom and I are just taking this all in. I'm just like, wow, that's such a good point. So LaShonda, I, years ago, I had, I experienced, I had a situation where there was a home intruder and that it was so traumatic. And so even you sharing your experience, it kind of took me back to that moment. And I was like, oh my goodness. I remember what I did was I was replaying the moment over and over. And someone I spoke to was basically like, you're re-traumatizing yourself because you're literally just replaying it. And then I got into the, what if this happened? And it was just, oh man, it really, it was really hard for me to sleep peacefully. And it really had a great impact on me. So my question for you is how important is what we consume and what we put into our psyche, whether it's like music or social media content or replaying the story and telling it over to like various girlfriends and different friends or everyone that we see, how important is what we're putting into our mind when it comes to us healing from these various situations that we've talked about? Yeah, that, that is so important because, you know, I didn't watch the news for a long time. After that, I don't need to see about all the, especially the local news. I don't need to see about this break in and that break in and things of that nature. You have to know yourself. And just like you have to know when you feel comfortable enough to share your story, you have to know when it's okay for you to watch certain things. I don't, I used to be a law and order girl through and through. Law and order SVU was my thing. When the marathon came on, I was sitting and watching all day, <laughs> you know, but after that happened to me, I couldn't do it anymore. And I still don't all these years later, it is traumatizing to me to see those types of things. So I don't watch movies about killings and shootings, and I don't watch the local news. And it's not because it's going to make me afraid, but it's like, why even let the the possibility or the what if creep in, you know? So you have to know yourself, know your triggers. And it's like somebody like, oh, you may be being a scaredy cat. Well, I'm going to be a scaredy cat that's sleeping well at night because I'm not thinking about what happened on this show. I have a very vivid imagination. 
you know, and a lot of times watching those things can just help play into your imagination. You weren't even thinking about that stuff. And then here comes something that you let come into your mental space. And now you got to do the work to put it out. All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black stories, Black truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the rich black auntie. It was good. Now, you know, black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. So controlling what you do is a really, really important that is so powerful. That's all up in your subconscious. Now you're having dreams about it. And you wake up like, well, I had this nightmare, you know? Oh, this is so good. Okay, we're going to jump into this conversation a little bit deeper in just a minute. But Lashonda, we got to shift up the energy a little bit. And because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be bougie and classy and ratchet, and we believe that it's okay for you to be elegant and you can dance to strip club music if you so choose, we want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. So do you take on the challenge? Challenge accepted. That's what we like to hear. hear. Okay. So, LaShonda, what we're going to do is we have three questions for you. We have three sentence completions. And then we have three photos of you that we found 
scouring the internets, <laughs> the interwebs. And so we're going to share one of those photos based on a number that you choose. And we want you to provide more context about the photo that we wouldn't know just by looking at it. So we're going to jump in with the question and we'll start with a little softball. The first question is, what's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? Ooh, best piece of wisdom or advice. If my mama hear this, she's going to kill me because she was like, you didn't tell them something I told you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would say the best piece of advice I got is something that I tell other people all the time. And it was on my wedding day. And the lady from my church simply came to me and said, be nice. And that stuck with me. I've been married. It'll be 15 years next month. And that be nice thing stuck with me, not just for marriage, but in life. Like you don't know what people are going through. The story I just told y'all, nobody knew. Nobody will ever know unless I tell them. You just never know what kind of day I could be having. You don't know that about anybody. So just being nice, you know, I feel like, you know, I, I used to be a very, I'm gonna keep it real type girl, you know, and real was really rude. And I had to realize that about myself. Like your realness is really, really rude, sis. So you need to calm it down. So I now encourage people to be nice to one another. It's a lot y'all going on in this world. So I take that into my mind when I interact with people to be nice. And I encourage people to be nice all the time as well. So simple, but so powerful. Thank you for sharing. No problem. All right. So this next question kind of switches up the energy, you know, I mean, or maybe, you know, part of being nice might influence your decision on this next question. I'm scared. <laughs> I have four words for you. Twerk or two step. Oh, twerk. All day. There you go. Yay. All day, every day. We yes. all day. I'm from the <laughs> South. I'm from the South Carolina. I feel like I've been doing some form of twerking since I was a kid before it had a name. So that mm -hmm. yeah, all day. <laughs> yes. 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 We love it. We love it. Okay, we're gonna move on to question number three. Lashonda, question number three is what's the sexiest item you own? The sexy. <laughs> I'm gonna say my glasses. Okay. My husband thinks my glasses are very sexy and I love like library chic. So I'm going to say my glasses. I try to make them really sexy and glamorous. So I'm going to say my glasses. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. I am here for it. Okay. Sexy glasses. Okay. Library chic. <laughs> you might need to trademark that because people might start using that library chic. I love it. All right. So our sentence completion. One question or topic I wish people asked me about more often is... I'm obsessed with tennis. Like, that is one of my favorite things in the world. And no, I don't play. And no, I've never played. <laughs> but I absolutely love tennis. Before we started talking today, what was I doing? Watching tennis. So I love tennis. And no, not a, people, a lot of people don't know this. And nobody ever asked me about it. But I love tennis. And I could probably talk all day about tennis. That is so interesting. I think the most interesting thing about that is that you said you don't play and you've never played, but you're so into it. So the funny thing is, LaShonda, our next sentence completion is my favorite thing about tennis is... <laughs> the competitiveness. 
Like I love basketball and other and other sports, but tennis is one on one. It is one person against one person. There's no team to help uplift you. If you lose it, you got to dig yourself out of that hole. I think I love it because it is the like ultimate mental game of just there's no clock. You just got to get to the points and it's just you on that court. So the competitiveness of tennis, I love it. Beautiful. That is, yes, I see that. One of my goddaughters plays tennis and I, I, you are so right on that, that mental agility that is needed, that is slightly different than other sports. Yes. All right. So our final sentence completion. What I love most about myself is? I think my heart. I think I'm a very caring and considerate person. I am a very sensitive person. And I think for a very long time, I didn't like that I was that way. But now I love it. I absolutely love it because I think this is a hard world. And to be soft in a hard world is very, it's, it's rare, it's special. So I feel like I'm a very special person to be soft in this hard world. So I think my heart. Amen. What a great answer. And also thinking about the, your profession and the businesses that you have, like, who wouldn't want a therapist or counselor that doesn't have a big heart and that's empathetic? So that is so amazing. We love to hear that. And now, LaShonda, we're going to move on to the pictures. But first, we want you to choose a number out of one in three. And then whatever number you choose, we'll reveal that photo for you. I'm going to go one. One. Okay. This is cute. This is cute. Get ready. Get ready. I can't wait to hear the story behind this. And LaShonda, the thing here is some people will only be tuning into the audio of the podcast. So if you could first just describe the photo for folks that are listening and those that are on Patreon with us, they'll see the image. Give us some context about this photo that we would not know by just looking at it. <laughs> oh boy. This is a birthday picture. I <laughs> I am being very silly in the middle of the sidewalk for my 34th birthday. And my husband took this picture for me. And yeah, I was just experiencing a lot of joy, even though that year was tough because uh, we were living in Maryland. We were brand spanking new to the area, knew nobody there. But here we are trying to make the best out of, you know, a special day. And I was just choosing to to be my authentic self. I am an introvert, but I am so silly and goofy and I don't really show that often. So I was just like, I'm just going to be my by my very authentic self. So that is me <laughs> growling all just being authentic. <laughs> What's well, so cute and your caption is also so powerful. You were talking about just having your second child and how things have changed. And I thought that was so beautiful. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. With us. And I think I got on shorts. I don't know if you can see it, but I think I have on shorts in that. And I hadn't worn shorts in. Yes. Oh, yeah. I have on shorts. I hadn't worn shorts in years because I felt so self-conscious because my body changed so much after having kids. But I was like, whatever, y'all gonna see these, these, you know, the cellulite today. So <laughs> period and look good with the cellulite. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Thank you for sharing, LaShonda. Thank you for playing along with us and, you know, participating in the OU Blatchett segment. We always appreciate that. So we're going to hop back into more of the formal interview questions now. <laughs> Let's see, where should we dive next time? Well, we haven't touched on your military experience yet. So, Lashonda, you mentioned that you're a certified military, clinical military counselor. 
Working with the military population is a unique experience. And so can you tell us about how you tailor your work to address the specific needs of women in the military? Yeah. So my husband's in the military. He has been in for 20 years and we are almost about to retire. Praise the Lord. And I say military life is life on steroids. It's like everything that everybody else goes through, but more intense and heightened. Like everybody moves, but we move every three to four, two to three years. And everybody does with separation. You know, maybe you go out of town for a week, but we're separated for months and, you know, a year from each other. And it's like everything we do, the things that other people do, it's just like on steroids. And there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of anxiety especially during times of war, like whenever there was the Afghanistan and Iraqi war, there was a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and a lot of uncertainty. So it's a very unique population. It's a very small percentage of people who know what it feels like to be in that position. And I find that when I'm working with individuals who are either in the military or their spouses of someone in the military, what I'm providing, even though I'm a very solution-focused therapist, in those settings, I'm just extremely supportive. Because the military life can feel so isolating. That picture was me in Maryland. But during that stretch of time, we moved three times in four years. And so we went from North Carolina to Maryland, Maryland to Texas, Texas back to North Carolina, all in the span of three years, of four years. So it was isolating. We would move places where we knew no, absolutely no one. And sometimes in that time, we met no one. So you just have to lean on who you are around. So when I'm working with people who are in the military, I'm just there to be supportive, to be a listening ear, and to be someone they can trust because military people are always worried about people telling their business. So <laughs> I am like, you can tell me. I ain't going to tell nobody. I understand what you're going through. But I'm really, really there to support because it is such a stressful life lifestyle. And I'm so grateful for everyone who is in the military or supporting someone in the military. Cultivating Her Space has a passion for helping women feel safe and accepted. And here at McLaurin Mental Wellness, I have a passion for helping women cultivate a life with less anxiety, fear, and worry. Hi, I'm LaShonda McLaurin, the founder of McLaurin Mental Wellness, the premier in anxiety counseling, coaching, and courses for women. McLaurin Mental Wellness has helped hundreds of women change their lives, and now we want to help you through individual therapy and group coaching. We're currently accepting new clients for individual therapy. You can book a free 15-minute consultation to get started. And, backed by popular demand, is the Anxiety Management Group for Women. This eight-week anxiety management group discusses a variety of topics related to anxiety and teaches you how to manage it in your daily life. The next group begins on September 5th and sign up is currently open. All of the services are led by me, LaShawna McLaurin, a licensed therapist and anxiety specialist who has been providing therapy for over 10 years and has a passion for serving women. To learn more, visit McLaurinMentalWellness.com. Wow. When you break it down like that, it's like, oh my goodness, that does sound super intense. And also how validating I'm sure it can, I'm sure for folks that get a chance to work with you who are in the military, it's so validating to have you be living firsthand that same experience. So especially that unique experience. So amazing to have you as a resource for them. So LaShonda, when you think about your podcast, right? Inspiring Women Weekly, and you have 100, over 100 episodes at this point, what motivated you to start the podcast and how has that been a source of inspiration and support for the women that I'm sure you've heard from around the country and around the globe? 
Yeah. So I started the podcast very shortly after I started the business as a way for people to get to know me. Therapy is so intimate and it can be hard for a person to just after one little 15 minute conversation to be like, yeah, I'm going to tell you everything's happening in my life. So I started the podcast as a way for people to get to know me, to hear me, to learn about me so that if they wanted to work with me, they felt more comfortable. So when I've received clients from the podcast, they're like, I feel like I already know you. Like we don't even need to talk about a consultation because I've heard you over this span of time on these episodes. So that was one reason why I started it as a way for people to get to know me. The other reason was because it was a way for me to help people for free. Therapy is not cheap. Not cheap. It's expensive. You know, you're going to pay me when you when we work together. You know, it's not cheap. So, but I like to offer a variety. You know, for me, individual therapy is the most expensive thing that I offer. A little less expensive is groups. Even less expensive are courses. And then the podcast is free. You know, so it was something that I wanted to be able to give to people where you pay nothing to get this help and to receive this stuff. And hopefully it can help carry you until you are able to get some other type of services that you may need. So the podcast, though, is interesting because I haven't done a podcast in over a year. And you guys just did an episode recently on burnout and I was burnt out. (laughs) I've been doing it for three years. And I was burnt out and I was like, I'm going to go on a break for Christmas and I'll see you guys in January. And January came and I was like, oh, this is different. I am still not ready to put this microphone back up. And that's when I learned that burnout can't be resolved by vacation. Burnout is much deeper than just go on vacation. You'll feel better when you get back. I was tired and it has been a year since I've done over a year since I've done an episode, but I guess I can say here and I hadn't said this to anybody else, but it'll be back in like October. I'll start again and it's coming back in October. (laughs) So I think I am ready to start back, but, and hopefully people are ready to to receive and listen. But either way, I just love to help people in this way where they're not having to pay for some type of information or service. All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned to get those promo codes and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. 
What I love most about Black Stories, Black Truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the Rich Black Auntie. It was good. Now, you know, Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Well, thank you for your transparency because this is a lot of work. And I'm so grateful that Dom and I have each other because, shoot, you said three years solo. That's a lot. And the good thing is, too, LaShonda, you have the episodes that are there that it's a legacy for you. So even if you're not posting episodes, people can still tune in. So that's really good. Yes, exactly. I'm glad people can still go to it. I had to take a break and kudos to you ladies. Like keep pushing, keep going. It's not for the faint of heart. And I had to learn that the hard way, but I'm excited to get started again. And so as you think about, you know, recovering from the burnout and you're getting ready to launch again, When you think about like the lessons that you've learned from that burnout experience, how do you plan on balancing your private practice, the podcast and your personal life and anything else you may have going on to kind of prevent that burnout from happening again? Yeah. So I had to have a real conversation with myself and realize that I'm a dreamer, which is great, but I haven't been a planner. And being a dreamer, but not a planner can be an issue because you are doing the most, but you are doing so in such a way that is not beneficial. There's no structure. There's no order. I do the podcast when it's, you know, it's the day of and I'm up trying to record. You know, there wasn't enough structure. And I realized that I think I can just do this stuff off my head, but I really need a lot of structure to make everything flow. So I had to go from being a dreamer to being a planner. So now I am very, very structured. The calendar goes out all the way through next year. Like I have to know what am I doing each day? What am I doing each week, each night? What is planned for the next day? So, and that causes even less anxiety of like, oh, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? I know because it's all planned out what I need to do and just stick with the plan stick with the plan. And I hope that will prevent the burnout in the future and continue cause me to continue to be balanced with all the things that I'm doing. Oh, so helpful, Lashonda. Thank you for sharing that. And I have another question, but as you know, I feel very lucky to be between two therapists right now. So I kind of want to ask some personal questions that the listeners can benefit from in addition to the conversation we're already having. So I'd love for you to, if possible, to think of some hot topics that are coming up in therapy that maybe we could offer some solutions for as far as the listeners. Because I feel like there's usually the same themes that are coming up in people's lives. So it's probably like relationships or, you know, somebody, mommy or daddy issues or, you know, childhood trauma, something that's coming up. So if you two could think of that, maybe we can dive into that in like the next couple of questions. 
But while you think about that, LaShonda, I have a question for you about self-care. How do you prioritize self-care, but also how what does self-care look like for you? Because I know that self-care is tailor-made or it should be tailor-made to the individual, right? And like what works for you because one thing doesn't work for everyone. So what does self-care look like for you and how do you prioritize that? Well, first of all, naps are life. Like I take naps. <laughs> I love naps. Yes. They help me. So they are life. But I self-care for me is not vacations. It's not a self-care seems to be this luxury, luxurious thing that that society thinks lately. And I don't I don't view it in that way. Self-care are is a small thing for me. It's like eating breakfast. It is working out. It is following my schedule. And I try not to confuse that with self-maintenance, which is getting my nails done or things of that nature like that. That's a whole nother thing. That's not self-care because I don't like going to the nail shop. So it don't feel, it's not, it don't feel good. So that's something that's like maintenance, you know, it's not self-care for me. The biggest piece of self-care that I've found, which people are going to be like, oh, that's different, is not disappointing myself. That's my biggest form of self-care. When I am not disappointing myself and I'm speaking positive to lead to myself and I'm doing the things that I said I was going to do, I feel amazing. Like, I don't care what the hair looking like. I don't care what the nails looking like. I don't care if I hadn't been anywhere. If I am doing what I said I was going to do for myself, if I am sticking to my plan, if I am speaking kindly to myself, I feel amazing. So to me, not disappointing myself is the best form of self-care that I can give myself. Thank you for sharing that. And I love that distinction between self-care and self-maintenance and acknowledging that what is self-care or maintenance for you is going to look different for each person. Because as you were talking about the nail shop and you were saying it was maintenance, I was like, huh, where does that fall for me? And I was, I think I, I think I look at it as both. Like, I enjoy that time at the nail shop because usually I allow myself that time to unplug. And it's maintenance because I don't like my nails looking jacked up. And so I was like, yeah, like self-care can really be different, will look different for each person. But it's about what is that thing that is taking care of you? What are the things that you have to do to take that take care of you, but make you feel good? Because if going to the nail shop doesn't make you feel good, then that's not self-care. And I like how you pointed out breakfast, like eating, like take like the, the little basic what is what should be considered basic things are necessary in that self-care, too. Yes, absolutely. And so I think going back to Terry, your initial question around what are some of the themes that come up in therapy? I know for me, like anxiety and depression are things that are like everybody experiences that in some form might not be to the point where the symptoms are worthy of a diagnosis, but everybody experiences anxiety and depression at some point in life. And those are often common themes that come up in therapy. And so, LaShonda, what would be a couple of like maybe two or three of your like top tips on navigating anxiety or depression? You, I'll let you choose which one. Yeah, I'm going to stick with anxiety because I think it is the most common. It really is the most common. 
some of the top the top tip that I can give about managing anxiety. Worrying changes nothing. And I think when people realize that, it can be so helpful because the, the constant worry is leading to the anxiety. It builds up to the anxiety. And I, call, I like to call worry pseudo action. It's just your mind running in place. You ain't going nowhere. Like the, the gun done went off to go and you still running in place and you think you floating, but you're not going anywhere. It's just thinking about something over and over and over and over. But nothing has changed. Nothing has, has happened. Nothing has been done. So if you can get off that worry wheel and go from worrying to planning and then action, that anxiety will start to drop. It will absolutely stop to drop. But one of the mantras that I tell myself is that when I found that I've been, okay, it's been 30 minutes, girl, you still worrying changes nothing. You've been thinking about this for 30 minutes and the situation is still the exact thing. Saying, what do you need to do? I love to tell people to ask yourself who, what, where, when, and how. Who do I need to talk to? What do I need to do? Where do I need to go? When do I need to do it? How do I get it done? Ask yourself these questions to help you move forward in a situation. Don't ask why. Don't ask us, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? Why is life? Don't ask why. Say that for therapy. Don't ask why, because why will keep you stuck, okay? Who, what, where, when, and how will get you moving. So worrying changes nothing. Ask yourself those active questions to get you moving forward and out of that anxiety. That is so powerful. Thank you so much for those actionable tips that people can hold on to and use in their daily life. One other question I wanted to ask you, LaShonda, is what does it look like to build resilience? Like how does one build resilience and shine brighter? Yeah, building resiliency, resilience is a process. It is a process that goes from like awareness to see where, where are my weaknesses? Like where do I need to build myself up? It's okay if you just start building, but it's, it's even better if you know like, what my weaknesses are. What are the things that I kind of have some low points in? What are the things that are kind of are, are falling short in? So getting to know yourself, getting to know your thoughts, getting to know what you're struggling with and being honest with yourself about that. And then once you say, okay, communication is my is my issue or relationships is my issue or, you know, anxiety is my thing or boundary setting is my thing or because for a lot of people, issues in life, are all surrounding this this one thing. I can't set boundaries with people. So that's why my family life is an issue or my relationships are an issue. It's like this, this one thing kind of just leaks into all this stuff. So once you figure out the thing, like what is my thing? Worry is my thing or boundary setting is my thing or being afraid is my thing. Then you say, okay, now what do I need to do about this? And you work on the thoughts. You work on the thoughts and you do it over and over and over. And resiliency is absolutely a marathon. Like it is a marathon. It's not something that you can't, you can't get that in six sessions. Like it doesn't work that way. It takes a lot of time of trying because the truth is you didn't get that way in six sessions. You know, when somebody comes to me at 40 and they're like, you know, can we do this in two months? I'm like, sis, this took 40 years. <laughs> this is 40 years of work. We are trying to undo. So being patient with yourself and just say, the biggest thing about resiliency is that you're going to fall. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to stumble. And a lot of times when that happens, people say, you know what? I just can't. I just quit. And it's like, no, give yourself grace. Give yourself mercy and say, okay, 
I'm going to try again. I fell off yesterday. Let me try again tomorrow. Let me do that scary thing. Let me have that conversation. And you just build and build and build until now it's just muscle memory. It's second nature now, but it takes time. Thank you for that. Thank you for pointing that out. And so one final question. I know that throughout this episode, you mentioned, you shared so many gems and mantras was a big thing, right? What's a mantra that you can leave with our listeners that they can take and find a way to apply it to them? Because we know, like you mentioned, a mantra needs to be something that works for you as an individual like your specific situation, but what's something that like a starter mantra that folks can take away? Yeah, I think a really good starter mantra is you are capable. I am capable. And I like capable because it, it, so it shows that hard stuff is going to come. Difficulties are going to come. But you can deal with it. You can do it. And a, a lot of times the fear is that the worst will happen. Oh, I don't want to. What if the worst will happen? That's a lot of anxiety. What if the worst will happen? And I'll ask people, okay, what if it does? If the worst happened, guess what? You're going to deal with it. You are capable of dealing with the worst case scenario. And when you believe that in yourself, that I am capable to handle whatever may come, it may, it may kind of knock the wind out of me, but I'm still capable enough to keep going, then you can do anything. You can overcome any anxiety, any depression, any, anything that comes your way when you believe that you are capable enough to handle whatever comes your way. So I think that's a good starter mantra is that you are capable. That is a beautiful mantra. So powerful. Our thoughts are so powerful. Like once we get those, what's in between those ears in order, everything else can change. Lashonda, you are amazing. Thank you so much for the work that you do. This conversation was so incredible. I can't wait to listen back and take some of these gems for myself. Lady, as you listen, please go support Lashonda. Okay. Our very first black owned, independent black owned business sponsor. For the podcast, this is a huge deal. Make sure you go to McLaurinMentalWellness.com. We will have links in the show notes so you can support LaShonda, follow her on social media. She also has an anxiety management group. So amazing. I never even heard of that. That's incredible, LaShonda. So again, thank you so much for the work that you're doing for the community and just empowering women to thrive and shine brighter. We appreciate you. We honor you. And this was such a good time. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, for what you do. And thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. You are so welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at herspacepodcast.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me, I am worthy of a happy life.